Hey, this is Pastor Arm, and I want to thank you for joining me today for the Activation Church podcast. We are here so that people can activate their life in Christ, and I believe this message is going to help you go further than ever before. Check it out. Would you put your hands together and welcome everybody who's joining us online today or listening to our podcast? We thoroughly appreciate you stopping by. If you have your Bible, go ahead and turn it to two places. Mark the 16th chapter and Acts the first chapter. Mark 16 and Acts 1. We're going to be looking at two portions of Scripture that happened after the resurrection of Jesus. He, he died. He was buried. Last week we celebrated the resurrection. But now we're going to get to this place like, okay, what, what, what now? Like, where do we go from here? And so these are going to be some things that Jesus is dealing with right before he leaves earth and goes to be seated at the right hand of the Father. And in Mark 16, verse 15, a very popular passage of Scripture says, And he said to them, Go, somebody say go, Go. into all the world and proclaim or preach the gospel to the whole creation. You need to go and tell them that the king has come. The king lived, the king died, the king is now alive. The bondage of sin has been dealt with. The debt that you owed has been paid. The old contract that was built upon our works and the law and the rules has been done away with because Jesus satisfied it. And now there's a brand new covenant written in my blood that gives every single person access and entrance into the throne room of God. I mean, how about that? Jesus says, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. I am the way now that you get to come into the throne room of God at any moment. You don't have to go through any kind of ceremonial ceremonial cleansing. It doesn't have to be a certain time of year. You don't have to be from a certain lineage or a certain bloodline. Anybody that comes through the name of Jesus that has been cleansed by his blood now has access. And Jesus did for me what I could not do for myself. That's, That's the good news in a nutshell. That's the gospel in a nutshell. We all needed a savior and we have one. And he did it. I didn't do anything to earn it. I didn't do anything to deserve it. I'm the one that messed everything up. He's the one that came and fixed it all. I didn't find him. He found me. He found me where I was and all my junk, all my pain, all my hurt, all my failures, all my mishaps. Jesus came to me and he said, I'm going to give you a new life. I'm going to give you access into the family of God. That's phenomenal news. And if you don't understand that, one or two things is going to happen. Either you're going to think that you have to earn your position in the family of God, which is going to produce works and self-righteousness, or you're going to think that you have to earn your position in the family of God, and you're going to get miserably frustrated because you see how big of a failure you are. Either one of those is no good. Jesus did it all. Turn to the person next to you and say, Jesus did it all. We can come together as the people of God because Jesus did it all. And you don't have to worry about lightning striking you this morning. I've had people tell me like, oh, I can't go to the church house because if I go, man, lightning will strike me. No, it won't. Jesus dealt with that. No matter what you've done, no matter how big the sin you think it was, no matter how long the pattern of it was, Jesus accomplished it all. It's been, it's been canceled. He removes our sins as far as the east is from the west, which means he remembers it no more. You know, I Googled that one time, like how far east do I have to go until I run into west? And you know what Google told me? It had never happened. 
Because as long as you're going east, you're going east. As long as you're going west, you're going west. What, God, what is God trying to tell us? I don't remember it anymore. You are a new creation. Now, you remind yourself of you, and that's a big problem because it causes us to live with shame and condemnation, and that is not from God. We have to understand that we are free. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He loves me where I am, and he'll take me to where he is. So Jesus says, that's what you need to do. You need to go and tell everyone about this good news. Acts 1, 3 through 9. The Bible says he, talking about Jesus, presented himself alive to them, his followers, after his suffering by many proofs. Somebody say many. many. Appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. So Jesus didn't just come back to life and say, see you, bye. He stayed on earth for 40 days. He talked with people. He ate with people. He showed up in public arenas. He explained to them the kingdom of God. He took them through scripture. He said, I want to show you all these scriptures that, that, that you don't understand. They're actually talking about me. He explains it all to them, and he's with them for 40 days. He presents himself. He proves himself. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me, for John baptized with water. But you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. What John was doing is, it's a, it's a cleansing of the outward man. But Jesus says, I'm going to baptize you with something that cleans you from the inside. I'm going to cleanse you with something that changes you from the inside. So, so get this, you do not change yourself. It is the Spirit of God that when he is invited in, he brings the change and Transformation. Jesus says you need to go wait because you're going to receive the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, here's their question, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Like, what's going on? Where do we, where do we go from here? And he said to them, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. Don't worry about that right now. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witness in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. It's gonna start where you are. Some of you wanna know like, okay, where do, where do I take the gospel first? Where you are. The most important place for you to take the gospel is your home. Men, take the gospel to your wife. Men, take the gospel to your kids. Women, take the gospel to your husband. What does that mean? Present Jesus to them. See, we, we get caught up on preach the gospel, but, but I'm gonna show you in a moment, preaching is not necessarily what we think preaching is. And Jesus says this is gonna start in Jerusalem. This is gonna go to Judea, Samaria, then to the end of the earth, it's gonna, it's gonna spread. But you start here. Turn to the person next to you and say, start where you are. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up and Elvis left the building. That's not what it says, but it says, and a cloud took him up out of their sight. So let's set the scene here for a moment. Easter's over. Jesus died, he was buried, he's been resurrected. They've gone and gathered all the disciples to come and see Jesus. He's hung out with them. 
He's explained all this stuff about the kingdom of God. The one that they were waiting for has come and he's accomplished everything. And now they're sitting here with this question, what now? Like, where, where do we go from here? Have you ever had like a pinnacle moment in your life to where once you got there, you were thinking, what now? Like for a lot, graduating high school is this moment. You spend your entire life trying to get to this moment to where you graduate high school, you've got the gown, you've got the tassels, you've got everything that you need, graduation happens, and then you go, well, what now? And your dad says, get a job. <laughs> like, I don't know how your dad was, but my dad was like, son, you need to get on with life as soon as possible. My dad was so eager to get me out of the house, he went and found my first house for me. He, he came to me one day, he said, son, I think I found the perfect house for you, I think you can afford it. <laughs> what now? Get a life. <laughs> I've done raised you, son. Now get on out there. But that's, I mean, that's a pinnacle moment. We, we graduate and it's like, well, where do I go from here? Like all my focus and effort was about this moment. That moment's gone. Marriage is this way. Marriage is something that like we, we, we build up to, we, we plan, we, you know, have all these dreams, these desires, and then we get the cake, we get the outfits, we get the flower arrangements, we have the ceremony, we have the reception, and the next morning, we wake up and we go, what now? I mean, maybe it's just me, but I remember being on my honeymoon, walking down a path by myself going, well, like, where do we go from here? And that's, that's the scene that's happening with the disciples in Scripture. They've spent time with Jesus. They're, they're learning to put their faith and trust in the fact that he's the one who was to come. Now he's came. They learned that he was going to suffer and die at the hand of sinful men, but three days later he's going to come back. That's all happened. Jesus said it's finished. Now they're wondering, okay, where do we go from here? We've put our faith in you. We've put our trust in you. We believe. What now? What happens now? And that's a great question for all of us to wrestle with. Because I've been saved, I believe in Jesus, he's my Lord, I've gone into the waters of baptism, but what now? And a lot of times people don't answer this question. A lot of times the church will just focus on the, what has already happened. I mean, I went to a Christian private school and every Tuesday and Thursday we had chapel. And every sermon I remember was about the death, burial and resurrection of Jesus and how we needed to get saved. You know, get right or get left, turn or burn. And I heard the message over and over again until finally I was like, well, maybe I need to get saved again. And so every couple of weeks I'd be like, okay, Jesus, you, you're bringing this message to me, so forgive me of my sins. Like, but like, what now? Where do we go from here? And Jesus responds to his disciples with this, go into all the world, and proclaim or preach the gospel to all of creation. In other words, go and share your experience with the world. Tell them what you've seen. Tell them how I have transformed you. Tell them what I mean to you. Tell them that you have tasted and seen that I am good. Go and tell them that. That's what you need to do. And a lot of times we hear that word preach the gospel and we get intimidated by it because we think it's this. 
We, we think that it's standing on a stage, but it's not. Sometimes your life will preach the loudest sermon around. And we're all called to go. Turn the person next to you and say, we're all called to go. It's not like Jesus said, Peter, you're going to go. But Anthony Armato, he's going to do HVAC. Aram, you're going to go. But Daryl, you're going to work at the elevator business. And it's going to have its ups and downs. (laughs) (laughs) And we think that. But it's not true. We're all called to go. That's why many of you, when you got saved, you started feeling this thing inside of you like, I'm called to ministry. And the reason you felt that is because you were and are called to ministry. It just may not look like what you thought it was. Because we're all called to go in different ways, but everyone's go is just as important as the next. So like your go may be one-on-one individuals. Having lunch with your friends, your family, where you are. You, You may spend the rest of your life just in that Jerusalem. But that's your gift. You're great at one-on-one conversations. That's actually, I'm not great at that. I'm not great at one-on-one conversation. But maybe that's the gift that God's given you. He's given you the ability to just be open and be able to share with people. I I mentioned in the first service, Cameron, who's sitting over there, he plays guitar for us. Like, that is a tremendous gift that God has given him. Everywhere he gets a job, people start getting saved. Because he's just really good at allowing people to see the Jesus in him. Is he perfect? By no means. Does he get it right all the time? By no means. But he really does love Jesus, and he really will tell you what Jesus did for him. He'll he'll tell you that I was in a lifestyle of this and that, and, and when I met Jesus, he changed everything. And the people that have known him from his past see that transformation and that light. Jesus says, let your light shine before men so that they can see your good works and desire what's in you and glorify your Father in heaven. Are you seeing this? When people see Jesus in you and they experience that one-on-one personal Jesus that lives inside of you, it causes them to hunger and thirst after what you have. And that go is just as important as this go because you'll reach people I can never reach. Some of you, your go is to teach a class. Maybe it's working with children within the church. Maybe it's working with the youth within the church. Maybe it's within the format of teaching Bible study. Maybe your go is within the format of leading a small group. Like you're really great at fielding difficult questions. Like you love engaging in question and answer time. Again, that's not my favorite. I like to be able to tell you whatever I'm going to tell you and you're not asking me any questions about it. Because then I got to think it through. Why did I say that? No, I'm just kidding. But you see what I'm saying? Like everybody's got a go and every go is is important. Maybe some of you, you have been called to ministry. Maybe God has called you to be a a pastor or an evangelist or a teacher or a prophet, whatever, any of those five-fold ministry gifts. Maybe he's called you to that, but maybe he's called you just to be a great dad. Maybe he's called you to be a phenomenal businessman that leads with integrity and people see how you live your life and because of the way you live, they desire what you have. The go may look different, but the go is equally as important. Some of you, your go may be writing music that lifts up the name of Jesus. Some of your go may be blogging or writing books. I don't know. But you all have a go. Every single person has a go. And every go is viable. Here's a go that some people miss. 
But I want to share this with you because this is a powerful go. Romans, the 10th chapter, verse 15. I'm sorry, 10, 13 through 15. The Bible says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? In other words, how can someone believe what they've never heard? Right? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? We get that. That's what we've been talking about. Whether it's an individual scenario, whether it's small group, class, whether it's working with the kids, whatever it may be, that's, that is the preaching and the releasing of the gospel, which carries within it the power of God that results in salvation to those who believe. I think we're all on the same page. That's what we've been talking about. But here's what we need to see. How can they preach unless they are sent? So sometimes your going comes in the form of sending. Let that sink in for a moment. Sometimes your go comes in the form of sending, which means when you support a local church like this, you are financially enabling the church to go, and when we go, you're going with us because you're a part of it. So although I'm preaching online and people are watching me right now, those that have sent are going with me. There are countries that I may never step foot in, but I am there. My go is there because I've made it available for others to go. There are orphanages that our church has financially supported. There are orphanages that I have personally supported. I may never step in that orphanage. I may never see the kid's face, but my go is there. Because as soon as I planted that seed into the kingdom of God, it was sent. That's really powerful. There's a friend of mine who's a, an evangelist, and he'll hold these meetings where thousands of people come. They receive Jesus. He'll feed them. He'll give them what they need. But not only does he give them the physical things that they need, they receive healing. I mean, powerful testimonies, man. There was a gang member that at one of his meetings got shot and had a fragment of the bullet still in his neck, God healed the dude and removed the bullet and got rid of the scar. Like they've got that on TV, like you can see it. And one night I was watching him online and he started talking about some different stuff that they needed for their ministry to be able to go out and do these meetings that they were gonna do in the inner cities. And immediately as I'm watching, a number comes to my mind. And so I text his son, I said, hey man, how much does your dad need for that project? And he told me exactly the same number that I had already received. And so when I heard that, I realized, okay, our job as our church is to send. I may not go to that inner city, I may not lay hands on any of those people, I may not preach the message, but I'll be there because my go's there. And so the lighting system that he needed for these meetings is in place because our church went there through our sin. And every person that gets saved in his ministry is credited to our account as well because we are there as well. Are you seeing this? Sometimes your go looks like a sin and you may never see the result of it. You may never receive, see the result of it. You may never in this lifetime see how many people you touch. But one day you'll stand in heaven and someone will say, I'm here because you sent.
our church has financially supported prison ministries. It was the same type scenario. Prison ministry came to me. They had a conversation. As they're talking, God gives me a number. So I said, what is it that you need? The number they said is exactly what God gave me. And so I realized, okay, it's our church's job to go through our sin. And so we supported, fully paid for both of their, their, their things that they did here in Georgia. I never stepped in the prison. Some of you went with them. Some of you didn't, but we were all there because we all, you see in this. It's really powerful. And your go matters. And you'll never understand the magnitude of how much your go matters until you stand in eternity. For those of you who have taught children's church in your past, or maybe you're teaching it now, you'll never fully understand the impact you made in someone's life. There may be somebody that you pass by at the grocery store or at a restaurant today that you just release a seed into their life and it manifests years later and you weren't even aware of it. We were talking, Bob and I were talking to this morning before church, we we're talking about prayer. And I was saying, you know, the power of intercessory prayer is when you begin to pray in the spirit, you're not aware of what you're praying for necessarily. But you may be praying for someone who is in a different country that is in need. And because of your intercessory prayer, God shows up and does a miraculous thing in their life. And you are not even aware of it. But it happened because you were willing to go. See, you have, you're, here's the thing. The gospel is the power, but the gospel can only get there when you take it there, when you go there, or you send it there. And the more we partner together in this process and realize that we're all beneficial, we all have different goals, we all have different calls, we all have different gifts, but we're necessary to one another, and we work with one another, we serve with one another, we lift each other up, that's when we make maximum impact for the kingdom of God. It's not about just me doing what I do and doing it well. It's not about just you doing what you do and doing it well. It's about us doing what we do, doing it well. But here's a key ingredient. Because Jesus didn't just tell them to go he also said, wait. Well, wait for what? No, no, no. Not wait for what. Wait for who? Because if you'll wait for who, you'll figure out the what. So, so many times in our life, we, we get caught up on, well, what is it that God is calling me to do as an individual? Where is God calling me to go as an individual? You don't have to worry about that. All you got to do is know that you're called to go. And when you have a relationship with the who, which is the Holy Spirit in this context, he'll show you what you need to do. And you don't have to worry about it. The Bible talks about when you delight yourself in the Lord, he gives you the desires of your heart. What we've done is we've twisted that scripture to, to mean, well, if you love God, you'll get a Porsche. If you love God, you're going to get them ostrich stem boots. And nothing wrong with that stuff, man. I'd, I'd love to drive a Porsche with Austrian boots on. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not a Porsche guy. I'm more of a Ferrari man myself. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> nothing wrong with that stuff. But what it's actually saying is, Justin, as you delight yourself in the Lord, as you draw close to him, he starts placing the desire inside of you. So maybe there's a new desire to deal with this kind of person or in this kind of realm or to go to this kind of place that you weren't even aware of 
to begin with, but God starts leading you. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He leads and guides you, and he gets you where you need to be. He manifests Jesus inside of you. He becomes that light inside of you that is necessary for the world to see. So Jesus says, you've got the what, you're going to go, but before you go, you've got to wait. Because without the Holy Spirit, your effort's going to be meaningless. Because you don't have the ability to change people. You can't argue someone into believing the way you believe. But the Holy Spirit can transform the heart. And the power of the Holy Spirit working in your life is amazing. Because he goes far beyond your ability. So in the natural, I could stand up here and try to put together like the most perfect sermon and have all the sticky statements and it means nothing. You, you, you could leave and be like, I enjoyed that sermon. But when the power of the Holy Spirit is involved, I can get up and just say something very simple and he breathes life on it and that's when the gospel comes alive. The gospel carries within it the power of God that results in salvation to those who believe but it is the Holy Spirit that draws them to himself to receive the word. The Holy Spirit is so necessary for your life. Jesus didn't say, hey, just go out and start preaching, boys. He said, you, you need to wait for the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit's the one that's going to empower you. If you think about a household lamp, you know, you could have all of the elements and components that you need. It could have a bulb screwed into it and you turn it on and nothing happens until you plug it into the wall, Right? Think about your life that way. God has designed you with all of the components and everything that you need. He's actually even given you the specific personality that you need for the specific place that he's called you to go. He's given you the specific gifts and talents to take you to the specific place that he needs you to go. We, we don't see that a lot of times. We don't realize that maybe I'm really good at business because God has taken me to an area where I have influence over businessmen or, or maybe, maybe I've got this ability with medicine because God has taken me into that realm. We, we, we totally forget and we think that we did it ourselves. but God is working all these things to get us where we need to be, right? We have all these components in our life. We are who he has designed us and created us to be. Those gifts and callings are inside of you. No matter what you do, you can't, you can't remove that gift from you. That's your gift. God has placed it there. But it's the Holy Spirit that empowers it. It is the Holy Spirit that brings it to life. It is the Holy Spirit that stirs it up. It is the Holy Spirit that brings a revelation of what it is to you. See, some of you have things inside of you that you're not even aware of. But as you start pursuing relationship with the Holy Spirit, who is God, he begins to empower you. He begins to lead you. And if you can just relax and trust him, he'll get you where you need to be. And he causes your go to become effective. Everyone in here has a go. Where's your go? Where's your go? Where's your go? And your go is important. Your go is vital to the kingdom of God. And he uses you. Simple, little, flawed you to carry the most powerful thing in the world, his gospel. Within that is contained so much, so much there in the gospel. 
I just gave you like a little glimpse of some of the things, but the gospel is so deep. It, it, it is the type of thing, Alan, that will totally change and transform your life. It's the type of thing that will take you from one place to another place. It, 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 you know what I'm saying? And I, I want you to know that God's hand is on each and every one of you to get you to where you need to be so that you can go where he needs you to go. And, and he's so good that even the painful things in your life, that if you could do it over again, you wouldn't do it over again, God is using all those things to get you where he wanted you to be. To reach the people he wants you to reach. Think about that. It's what the Bible says. He's working all things together for the good, for those who love God are called according to his purpose. So there are things in my life that I don't understand. There's things in my life that I would consider failure. But really, God's working in those things too to position me. I, I may not prefer being in that place, but God's got you there. Uh, Bob and I were talking about Paul and Silas this morning. Like they would not have chosen to be in prison. That, so it's not like, hey, do you want to be on the beach or do you want to be in prison? Oh, I'll, I'll go with prison. I mean, it's not the desire of their heart to be in prison. But they were there. And they glorified God there. They were the light there. They prayed there. They sang there. The people in the prison heard them there. And God shook the place. So think about the, the place that you have been or maybe you are right now that you don't understand it. Like, why am I in therapy? And you think it's because you've gone through all this stuff in your past, but maybe you're there to connect with someone you need to connect with. Why do I carry this emotional baggage? Maybe it's because God is using that to lead you to someone else who's carrying the same kind of baggage. And you, through your testimony, can say, hey, I had the same thing and God delivered me from that. And now the gospel goes and that life is transformed because I was there. God is so big, so powerful and he's working all things together. And you gotta go and when you infuse your go with the power of the Holy Spirit through a relationship with the Holy Spirit, there's nothing that can stop you, nothing. If God has set you on a course, there's nothing that can stop you. Did you know that death can't even stop you from the journey that God has you on? Because until that journey is complete, he'll bring you back to life. I have a friend of mine, he is preaching right now that around uh, the year 2000, he died of a heart attack. And as he was laying there dead, he said it was like his life started flashing before his eyes. And he said, God, he said, there's something that you promised to me that has not been completed yet. He said, now I want to do that. And at that moment, he said, I heard the doctor say, he's back, he's back. And then he wrote a book, said, a man with a vision cannot die. John the Revelator, they tried to boil him in oil, couldn't kill him. You know why? He hadn't penned Revelation yet. As, as long as God is desiring for you to go, you're going to go. And his power that's working in you gives you the ability, and you don't, have to, you don't have to figure it out. That's what I love about it. It's not on me, Justin. Well, what if they don't listen? It's not on me. You're, you're all familiar with the parable 
of the seed and the soil. And a lot of times we'll use that parable to talk about the condition of our heart, and we should. Because Jesus says there's different kinds of ground, and based upon the ground determines what happens with the seed. And so we should. We should be very aware of what kind of soil we have. Like when we come to church, we need to make sure we're good soil. But when you flip that, not only is there the soil, but there's the sower of the seed. Jesus says, the sower sows the seed, which is the word of God. They're not responsible for the soil. They're just responsible for the seed. So what happens now? I'm not worried about who's going to receive, who's going to listen, who's going to turn me down, who's going to laugh at me, who's going to mock me, who's going to make fun of me. I'm not worried about any of that. All I'm doing is scattering seed. Everywhere I go, everywhere I go, everywhere I go. Because the power of the Holy Spirit's working, and when it hits good soil, it's going to produce. So don't get frustrated when you don't see the result. And you think, well, you know, I've, I've sown the seed, I've prayed, all this. Don't get frustrated. Keep on doing what you're doing. Don't get weary in well-doing. Keep on doing what you're doing and realize the result is up to God, not you. You're just the goer. You're just the sower. And God brings the results. That has set some of you free who feel like your personal witness hasn't been effective. And to be honest with you, you have no idea how effective it's been. Because maybe a seed that you sowed two years ago will manifest five years from now. Because someone will go through something and when they're just broken and they're in this place where they don't know how to figure things out, that seed starts to produce and they remember that word that you gave them. They remember that encouragement. They remember that smile. They remember how kind you were to them. They remember the love of God that they felt through you and that seed begins to manifest and grow until their life is transformed. You don't know. All you can do is go. For those who are watching online right now, I want to pray for you first. And I want to encourage you to go. Start where you are. Don't worry about and this is for everybody, don't worry about a worldwide ministry. Focus on your Jerusalem. Focus on where you are. Do something and do something somewhere. Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask that you would touch them. We ask that you would bless them, encourage them, and strengthen them. Lord, we ask that your word would begin to bubble up on the inside of them and produce God. Father, pull them into their purpose and their destiny and use them to do something mighty for your kingdom. Father, we pray for their family, we pray for their friends, and we ask that you would touch them. We ask that you would, Lord, for those that are sick in their body, we ask that you would bring healing to them. In Jesus' name, amen.